Hello, you're listening to the uh, C to Z in Movies. My name's Colin, I am the C. With me on this glorious summer's day uh, is Zijan. Hello, Zijan. Hey, Colin. It's awesome out there. It's like going to be 29 degrees today and we are stuck here recording. I know. I know. We could be out there doing a barbecue. We could be swimming in Brighton. We could be swimming, doing a lot. swimming in Brighton. <laughs> Isn't that what people do in the UK? That's why I was told. We all go, Everyone goes we to all Brighton. Go in Brighton. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm not sure I've ever been to Brighton. Is that okay? Well, I'll, I'll be hopping in the car later, driving to Brighton. You're clearly missing out. <laughs> you know, there's water in other parts of the UK, right? Yeah, but you can swim in them. You can. You can swim in them. Have you swam in Bristol? river uh i'm not saying the river but we've got like we've got like swimming pools we have beaches i could go to cornwall i could go swimming in cornwall you could but would you i have done <laughs> i'm not saying i'm going to um this podcast is the exciting combination of 10 years of work on both of our behalves but more importantly by marvel studios because um, <laughs> we haven't been working on this for 10 years we've been working on this for like is it work two years maybe getting on for two years close to yeah. two years yeah. yeah um it is, of course, Avengers Infinity War. We have seen it. We'll be talking about it. Um, prepare yourself for all the spoilers in the world. Uh, we are also doing a quiz on Steven Spielberg films of the 90s. We're talking about the films of James Franco and much, much more. You, you didn't join in on much, much more of it, Zijan? No, I think I'm still <laughs> I'm getting <laughs> still waking up at the moment. <laughs> We're recording early. I mean, I say, it's, it's like, it's gone 10 o'clock, so there's no excuse. Um... <laughs> Anyway, we start with the news as we always do. I have got so much news, but I'll, leave, I'll let you start. Okay, um, I think the elephant in the room is that Avengers: Infinity War is breaking records everywhere. Everywhere, biggest first films get to a billion. Uh, yeah. uh, biggest opening weekend. Yeah, probably biggest Wednesday or something. I don't know. Probably <laughs> they are making records and breaking records everywhere. They are just taking in so 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 much money. Which I, so much money. I mean, no one's surprised, I guess, that it's doing well. No, <laughs> it's not, but, it's little, but I, I'm, I'm really surprised it's out doing Force Awakens because that was kind of Star Wars hadn't been there for, well, hadn't, hadn't had a new film for ten years or something, and, and hadn't had a good film for thirty years, and that broke records at the time, but um, obviously overtaken now. Whereas this is yeah. kind of like well, we've, we had another, we had one like a few months ago. We had an Avengers film a couple years ago. It's, it's, I know the marketing's been very good. Of kind of, it's all been leading to this, which is yes, slightly misleading because we all know there's another one coming next year. <laughs> <laughs> no, who, some people may not know, Colin. Some people may just be disappointed that this is the end. Yeah, Avengers done. Um, well, well, we'll discover whether we, we think this deserves or not. Um, yeah. Uh, where shall I start? There's actually some some news that um, I think was kind of just about out last last time we recorded, but I didn't um, didn't mention it. But there's a a new uh, Danny Boyle film coming out, written by Richard Curtis, um, okay. and it's about the Beatles, or rather, it's about a man who gets up one day and it turns out that uh, he is the only person who remembers that the Beatles ever existed, uh, oh. which I think sounds like a great idea for a film. Um, I, I, I'm a fan of Richard Curtis's work. Uh, yeah, Danny Boyle. Um, I don't like all his stuff, but he's, he's done some brilliant stuff. Um, Slammed up millionaire. Yeah, yeah. 127 hours was good. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I've never seen Train Spotting, but people speak very highly of it. Um, the the only downside to this whole thing, um, and this is the bit that's been picked up by most of the reports over here, is um, that Ed Sheeran will be involved in some capacity. Why do you not like Ed Sheeran? I've got nothing against Ed Sheeran. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I mean, he, his acting chops uh, um, since his Game of Thrones um, fiasco has not well, been well, up. Well, to that's scratch. the thing. I think if. I don't mind so much as long as he's not acting in it. But if he's yeah, acting so, in it, that's, but we don't know. So, so that's kind of the downside, I guess, that it might turn out that he is. Maybe he's just playing a ginger musician. I, I'm sure he is playing a ginger musician, yes. Um, I think he'll be great at that. Um, Lamorne Morris is also in it, who you might know from uh, as Winston in New Girl, if you ever watch New Girl. Um, oh, some bits. So, and, and I've heard rumours that Lily James is in it, but I'm not sure if that's true or not. So. I haven't seen her in anything recently. I mean, I've seen. I saw her in the Lin, in the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Society. Yeah, that's a mouthful. Yeah, takes, I have to think very hard every time. <laughs> yeah, um, what is it by Twentieth Century Fox? By the way, who's doing that? Because they're doing lots of musical stuff oh, right. recently. Um, I have no idea. I'm going to say it's working title because I'm well. I'm guessing. <laughs> 
So currently they're making a film version of the Monty Python musical, Spam a Lot. Mm. Uh, well, 20th Century Fox are making in lots of money from The Greatest Showman, which was a surprise hit from last year. True. So now they're bringing Spam a Lot uh, to the big screen. Um, it's based off uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and the script is actually written by Eric Idle. Yeah. One of the original Monty Python troupe. Is that Eric Idle? I thought it was Terry Jones, but there you go. Um, I'm sure you're right. Mm. Um, Have you seen uh, the musical? Before. I haven't. I I know. I've seen Holy Grail. I, I've not seen. Yes. I've not seen the musical though. Um, I hear it's done well. Uh, yeah, and the 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 Pythons tend to fall out with each other quite a lot. Uh, <laughs> and I think they they fell out about this a few times. But uh, oh, okay. the musical is really funny, as you, as oh, you expect it, really? it to be. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, when it came to London, and um, it contains a lot of the the storyline or lack of storyline of the original Monty Python and the Holy Grail. But it's very funny. The songs are. Hilarious. I think he won the Tony Award as well for best oh, yeah. musical. And the word the word spam to mean junk email comes from uh, from that. What did it really? Yeah. Well, the, the, the song spam 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 and was because obviously well, I'm assuming everyone who listens to this know, is is well aware of spam the uh, uh, the the ham based food that is available in tins in the UK. But yeah. That was one of the fun songs about last year. That was picked, taken up to mean junk email from that. Well, speaking of spam, uh, spam. Um, one of the songs in the musical is about the Knights of Camelot, and one of the tenuous rhymings that they like to eat spam a lot. Spam a lot, very good. Very good. <laughs> um, speaking of of Fox, uh, uh, the latest reports are, and this is all unsubstantiated, but I have people on the inside, which by which I mean I read a website. Of course you do. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hugh Jackman phoned me up and said, "Listen." Listen, Colin, I've got a scoop for your podcast. Um, you know Hugh Jackman? Yeah, yeah, no, we're, we're good friends, me and Hugh. You should get him on this podcast one day. Yeah. No, I should really, shouldn't I? <laughs> yeah, lend some credibility to it for once. <laughs> yeah, you're out. Hugh Jackman's in. <laughs> the C to J of movies. It's going to be... For some reason, I'm using a surname. Anyway. I know. Um, <laughs> Dark, Fe- <laughs> Dark Phoenix apparently will be the last X-Men film that isn't set in the MCU, um, with apparently X-Men being brought into the MCU for Phase 4. Wow. It's been confirmed by anyone, but that's what they're saying. That um, is insane. But I don't know whether that means they're going to pick up those same actors and plots and just chuck them in, or whether they're going to just scrap it all and start again. I hope they scrap it all and start again, to be fair. Apart from the old, the old X-Men people, who I don't mind, but the new young crowd, yeah. I really do mind. <laughs> to be honest, who would notice if you scrapped them, really? <laughs> if, you, exactly. if they had someone else playing Cyclops, I would not notice. <laughs> it's a, yeah, uh, that's the thing. Yeah, I I, it, I don't know. I mean, this could all be made up, but um, I think yeah, I, I'm with you in that. Yeah, Michael Fassbender, James McAvoy, um, uh, Jennifer Lawrence were, were all great, but to be honest, they weren't great in the last one. They were already seem to be phoning it in a bit. I, yes. I'm not sure I really want to see any more of what they're doing. They, they had a good run, but mm. then again, I don't want to see those characters again necessarily as other people. So maybe it's time to explore uh, some other X Men. It's one of those things that we probably will discuss when we discuss the Avengers Infinity War thing. It's just that. When you look at the casting characters, when mm. you look at all the interviews, they seem to get on really well with each other. They, yeah, this, yeah. this kind of rapport and com- camaraderie, but they don't see in any of the other extended universes. Like you don't see like there's this kind of. Apart from Hugh Jackman, who loves everyone. Yeah, yeah. Apart from Hugh Jackman, <laughs> he likes everyone. Everyone loves Hugh Jackman. That's the thing. It's very, very true. Uh, <laughs> the other problem I think with bringing it in is that the whole point of the X Men universe is that well, not the whole point, but a large point of it is that mutants are kind of outcasts. And yeah, kind of. There's this, I guess, metaphor for for bigotry and whatever else to say. Yes, they're they're, they're kept on the outside. They're always fighting for their rights and stuff. And you think, well, can you really do that if you've got Iron Man and Spider Man and whatever else in this universe? Hmm. And I know the comics obviously do, but it just it just seems so unlikely to say, oh yeah, no, we're we're these kind of outcasts that no one likes. It's like, well, everyone loves Iron Man, and and he's it's... in the same world as you. Well, he's not really a mutant, but the Spider Man, everyone loves him, whatever else, and it doesn't make much sense. Well, it's one of those odd things, isn't it? Like, I, I think it was questioned before in the comics, why are the X-Men treated differently yeah. compared to all the other superheroes? That, uh, just because they were born, they were born with a gene, the X-Men were born that way. Yeah. That's why, that's why they were treated differently and the rest were resulted in, resulted from accidents yeah, or, yeah. uh, or their own technological advances. Um, but because they're born that way, they were treated differently. It just made no sense yeah. in that world. I, I think it was, it's a lingering question. So unless they kind of, I guess a bit like the DC TV series where they put them in different universes, so Supergirl and the Flash aren't in the same universe, but they can cross over quite a lot just by mm. multiverse and all that. So maybe they'll do X-Men being in a different dimension or whatever. Or something. 
Wow, Disney is going to be so rich. <laughs> Disney, yes, they are. I mean, they already are, but... Yeah, they're going to be <laughs> so much richer than they are right now. <sighs> was was on, on talking about Fox, just very quickly. Apparently, um, they're going to bring choose-your-own-adventure films to cinemas, um, which is going to be interesting. So I don't know if you're familiar with the choose-your-own-adventure books where you... Yeah, I think we've discussed this before. I don't think I really like having to create my own film. <laughs> like, what's, what's the point of having a director when, you know, um, I want to see your vision, not my what you think my vision is going to be. No, I want to see exactly what I say on the screen. I don't want to... Uh, of course I you don't do. want to know what's yeah. involved. Yeah, so I can't see this working, but I think the idea is that the kind of people in cinemas will vote and then whichever vote comes out the highest, that's what happens in the film or something. Yeah, Oh no, no! Because I can, uh, yeah, I can, I can see it working on DVD. I mean, I agree, it wouldn't necessarily be the best in the world, but at least you're just pressing a button or something. But yeah, if there's everyone on the screen, there'll be riots, won't there? Like, shall we? Of course. Yeah. Imagine that. One. Imagine if I go to the cinema, which is full of like teenagers, I will be so annoyed. <laughs> well, I've been to a screening sometimes. I went to one film where there's just two of us watching it, so if we could have a uh, every every vote is fifty fifty. <laughs> so. That will be yeah. Nah, I don't think I don't think I like that. I like a film is supposed to tell you a story the way the director wants to tell that story, not you know. Yes, uh, so we'll just like it seems like yeah. a massive gimmick. Yes, but what else you got? Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. I know. Will star as Leonard Bernstein. Uh, remind me. Do you know who Leonard Bernstein is? I... He is one of the most influential figures in American music. That's okay. Yes. He did the scores in musicals like West Side Story, That's it, On, yes, on yes, the Town, okay, and yes, Candid. Yes. He also composed the music behind On the Waterfront, which okay. earned him an Oscar nomination. So he's very big in... Um, he's one of the biggest American um, musicians I've of his time. S- I've seen On the Waterfront. I don't remember the music. Sorry, Dan. Hmm. Yeah, um, and the, the film title is The American. Okay, that's a, that's a bad title. It's very on your nose. <laughs> uh, but, but Jake Gyllenhaal... This has done Clee- quite a few. Didn't, didn't George Clooney play uh, the lead in a film called The American a few years ago? Uh, it's potentially possible. Anyway, sorry. They, they, they do like to name their films after America. Yep. American Beauty. Uh, American Sniper. And much, much more. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, Sorry, I'm interrupting your story. 2010 uh, American thriller film starring George Clooney, The American. There you go. Nah. Did you see Stronger? Yes, yes, I did. Also, I, I haven't. It, it was it used. It was picked to be one one of the Oscar favorites. I think that back was when it was released. Yeah, I think it, it was it was good, but it was so obviously an Oscar bid that I think it went a bit over the top. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, I I still like Jake Gyllenhaal. Though. I think oh, he's yeah, a great yeah, actor. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it just needs to rein it in a little bit sometimes. But, um, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what's going? Um, the Han Solo film is, is just around the corner, and apparently Alden Ehrenreich has signed up for three of the things. Um, oh, of course, there are three of them. <laughs> why can't there ever be one of them? No one. Like, why can't he do a Rogue One? No. Let's do. No one likes one films. <laughs> we all want trilogies. Can you name? Can you name any good film that wasn't part of a trilogy? Rogue One. <laughs> Plus, almost all good films. Um, again, I think the theory is that these won't necessarily be a, a, a solo trilogy. It just might be a kind of a... Um, I'm, I'm sure they're not using the phrase prequel trilogy, um, but that's effectively what it might be. So Why does it need to be three? Or it could just be one of these things where they say, well, let's sign them up for three just in case that's what we want to do. Cause, yeah. Um, so they might not bother. But, um, See, I, I the issue with three films is that the second film will always be the bridge. Uh yes yes yeah, true that's true yeah most most good most good films which are second films like Spider Man two yeah. was because they they didn't know there was going to be a third film yeah, after that true, coming yeah, from it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um yeah I like I don't really want to see obviously how this film turns out but I I don't want them to spend all the time filling in that little gap of time before episode four and there's so much more mm. they could be doing and in fairness they they are so Ryan Johnson's directing a trilogy obviously uh that's completely apart from these things so um yeah. I don't know. Let's see how the first one goes. And uh, this well, you're going to watch it and review it as well, right? So oh, my good friend uh, James Star Wars Lee is is uh, <laughs> doing his, his regular slot that, on the podcast. Um, is that his nickname now? Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't put a lot of imagination into it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> um, he was only the other day tweeting me to to complain about uh, some something he'd read on. It was Star Wars Day this week, May the fourth. As in, of course, yeah. Um, he was complaining about they misspelled the name of some place that I, I had to Google. It turned out it's where Maz Kanata lives or something. 
I don't know why you're talking about. I guess because you don't watch Star Wars films. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, for, expect exciting pedantry when he's on the podcast. Cool. Well, and Disney's going to make more money as well. Uh, yes, more, more, yet more money. Um, yet more money. <laughs> any, any non-Disney news? Uh, I do. So there's going to be an upcoming film adaptation based on The Secret Garden again. Is it? Right. Which I record is uh the first film you've seen, right? First film I saw the cinema, very, very true. Yeah, cinema. Yeah. Um, it'll be starring Colin Firth as Archibald Craven. Okay. And Julie Waters as Mrs. Matlock. This sounds, so this sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. This sounds like a great film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so n- um, not only features an actor called Colin, it's also got a character called Colin. Is is the is it possible like to the, have a better film? It's the most Colin-ness film you've ever had. This is possibly the most Colin-heavy film ever. <laughs> I, I, I think I, as I was commenting, because um, I, I rewatched Secret Garden the other day, I think it's the, the last time I remember a character in a film being called Colin where that wasn't a joke. It's just, uh, he's just called what? Colin. Why, 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 why is Colin a joke name? Uh, well, you tell me, Sisham, but, it, um, <laughs> but, but sadly, sadly these days it seems to be. Um, uh, why? No, I don't understand. Well, it's just a name, isn't it? Thank you, Zijan. You're very kind. Um, no, I'm clearly like missing out on like some British humour here. Yeah, I mean, it's like if you called your baby Nigel or something. It's just funny. Uh, I guess people find it funny. Um, uh, but it's but it's not Colin as a fine and upstanding name. Um, thank you, Mum and Dad, for choosing it. Uh, I couldn't have asked for a better one. A Quiet Place is getting a sequel. Uh, yes. Um, not surprisingly, it did very well. But they, but yes. they haven't uh, they haven't announced the trilogy yet, so it's only a matter of time, I suppose. Um, yeah, are they getting um, John Krasinski back to direct it? Uh, they haven't said, but I, I would have thought probably. Yeah, um, I mean he's he's going to be busy doing his um his Jack Ryan stuff. But, but why are they having a sequel anyway? I thought they figured out how to destroy the monsters now. Spoilers. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. I guess the, the sequel is them destroying them, maybe. Who knows? Um, or maybe they, a, maybe they just decide to go and build a house by the flipping waterfall. And <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, speaking of sequels, Chicken Run is having a sequel. Yes! I know. I'm looking forward to this. I love the first Chicken Run. I don't really remember it. We should watch it on Christmas Day, every Christmas okay. year. I want to, yeah. I've played the Chicken Run board game. I think I may have mentioned before. <laughs> okay. Good for you, Colin. The, uh, <laughs> the idea behind the Chicken Run board game... Is that you spend? You have to go and buy, buy lots of equipment to build these kind of um, really convoluted, like it's like I don't know, some huge trebuchet or something. It's like you got to buy this and this and this. And you got to go around the different huts to buy it, or you can just go to one place and buy some wire cutters and get straight out. It it doesn't make any sense as a board game. <laughs> it's terrible. But it's a uh, claymation. And it's done by Artman Animations. Yep. So yes, but I feel you're not focusing enough on the board game here. Yeah, this is worth no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to distance myself from that and try to steer the conversation into something. What which do you is... think about the chicken? What, what do you think the Chicken Run Two board game will be like? <laughs> is Mel Gibson back? Uh, who knows? Mm. Uh, and I don't know who else was in it. Was <laughs> fine. Um, what have you got here? Uh, Sliced alone promised us that he would not be making any more Rambo films. He lied to us. Rambo, of course fi- he Rambo does. Five is coming. Well, whenever there's money involved, Colin, I'm pretty sure people will lie and do whatever they need to. Rambo Five. Rambo Five. Rambo five. Which probably won't be called Rambo Five. Uh, I've not seen Rambo One to Four. Okay. Um, this is. I, I say this every time I mention Rambo, but I still it's my favourite naming uh, convention of any film series. Where I went uh, First Blood, then Rambo colon First Blood Part Two. Then Rambo three, then Rambo. So who knows is, what the fifth one's going to be? Uh, is this going to be about his um, enemy's son that is learning to be like him, and he trains him up? You think he's going Creed style on it? Um, <laughs> apparently, um, he's he's retired. He's not doing this kind of thing anymore, which I'm pretty sure was true ever since the first one. But anyway, um, but then a friend of his says, "Can you con- save my daughter? She's been kidnapped in Mexico." So he subtly goes on a diplomatic mission. No, I imagine subtly. he goes and shoots up when he can see. Um, yeah, doesn't Rambo like have one of the most number of deaths? Well, it's not, I think in the first film, I think maybe like two people died or something, and then like okay. by the fourth one, it's like pretty much everyone's dead. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's 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 got less. The first one's actually pretty good. 
based on a book in which at the end Rambo kills himself, but they decided not to do that bit. Um, that would be quite... Yeah, well, that would have saved us four sequels. It would. But clearly Sly Stone's like, wait a minute, there's a franchise here. Yeah. <laughs> does he own the rights to it like Vin Diesel has? I think he probably does, yeah. yeah. Mm. What else you got? Someone who is keen on pursuing a sequel oh, yes. is uh, Henry Cavill. A sequel to... A Man of Steel. Which I thought was Batman was a Superman. But obviously he knows it as much as we do that it wasn't <laughs> a sequel. I thought Man of Steel 2 was already uh, was already in the pipeline. Uh, um, clearly from the interview, okay. it was not. Fine. Well, how exciting. Um... Really? Really? <laughs> no. Maybe he gets to keep his moustache this time around and don't have the CG out of the way. Yeah, uh, yeah just... <laughs> Seaman's had a beard before, hasn't he? I mean, probably never just a moustache, but... uh, Fine, okay. They make it, I'll still watch it. Um, We have to watch it. We have to watch it, we have no choice. So, to save everyone on the podcast listening into it, their time and money. Yep. Um, Are you in favour of women directing movies? (laughs) (laughs) What a loaded question, Colin. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Go good. Um, well, you're in luck because there are two movies that are going to be directed by women, which is <laughs> arguably not that many. But um, <laughs> Star Trek Four is going to be directed by S. J. Clarkson. I have never heard of her, but good for her. Oh, Star Trek is still going on then. Apparently so. Um, I didn't know that either. I, I yeah, I'm a little bit surprised, but there you go. I think yeah, no one, no one's that excited about it anymore, are they? But um, apart from S. J. Clarkson, who's very excited. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the Black Widow film is, is moving apace and apparently they've met three uh, women and I'm going to pronounce all the names wrong I'm sorry um, Denise Gamza I think uh, Chloe mm-hmm. Zhao and Amma Azante uh, so that's oh that's also going ahead so so many films that I didn't know was going to happen was yeah happening. I mean who knows I, I'm sure it will at some point um, mm-hmm. they're just meeting directors so I, uh, I don't think that's very far down the line but yeah, it's because I've I've missed them. I've never heard of any of them. Um, Amara Sante did uh, a United Kingdom, which I have heard of, but I've not seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other two, well, apparently, um, first one, sorry, I, I missed off her surname. Denise Gamza Aguven, or Aguven, uh, who mm-hmm. apparently directed Mustang, which I never heard of, and Chloe Zhao did The Rider, which I've never heard of. But um, is is it? I guess it's seemed to be quite a big thing in blockbusters now to kind of get young indie directors who've you've kind of done something, yeah, small budget you know, film. Well, um, why why not? Right? Yeah. I mean, to be fair. Like Marvel tends to choose very good directors, or well, they, they they do have a good. They started to. Yeah, I think they history. Probably phase two, they were a little bit director for hire, but um, yeah, yeah, and and things like yeah, yeah, Colin Trevorrow. I mean, let's not talk about Josh Trank too much, but that that kind of thing is it's good to see that um, yeah, that these women have been given a chance. So yeah, why not? Mm. Um, anyone news? No, not from my on my end. Uh, the only other thing I've got is that Ray Fiennes is going to be playing Handel in a film called Hallelujah. Directed by Chris Addison, which I thought was quite interesting because I didn't know that Chris Addison was directing. Um, Handel as in the musician Handel, uh, the, the composer. Musician, that's it. Um, uh, who, who wrote the Hallelujah Chorus, among other things, hence the film being called Hallelujah. Hmm. So there you go, that could be, uh, could be an interesting one. Lots of biopics, aren't they, on musicians? Yes. So many, <laughs> actually, yeah. come to think of it. After, after Leonard Bernstein, yeah. Johnny Cash, yeah. and Bohemian Rhapsody, and George Friedrich Handel, the big three. Um, Amadeus is very good, apparently. I've never seen it. Yeah, wow. Oh, cool. We move on to our, our segment, uh, To See or Not to Zed, uh, where we talk about films we've recently seen, whether you, the listener, should see them or should not Zed them. Um, <laughs> I have not Zed anything, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> have you not? No, apart from Avengers Infinity War. See, mm. what I do is I include films I've seen on DVD, which maybe which aren't, aren't new releases, uh, so uh, it makes my life... That doesn't change anything. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I watched last year's film, uh, Borg vs. McEnroe, um, which is a... T- oh, yeah! Yeah, a uh, tennis film. Um, obviously, for those of you who are, are tennis fans, you'll know a lot more than me about um, Bjorn Borg vs. John McEnroe, but um, it was a, a big... Well, this, this film's based around um, a big Wimbledon in the or 70s, maybe? Um, Borg had won four Wimbledons in a row and McEnroe was kind of the young brash contender and, and, and it's all kind of Borg was kind of seen I think Swedish um, kind of Iceman really cool calm whereas John McEnroe is kind of American shouting at the umpire you cannot be yeah. serious and all this um, yeah the film's got quite quite good uh, the, uh, I think the big thing they were saying was actually Bjorn Borg was just like McEnroe when he was younger but kind of got trained out of it oh uh, okay quite quite interesting I, I assume accurate 
And the, yeah, they seemed a lot more interested in Borg's background than in McEnroe's. So I think, although it's supposed to be a bit of a split, even split, it's probably more Borg than McEnroe. Um, oh. The main impressive thing was just how good the tennis looked, to be honest. Because I'm not a tennis fan, really, but um, but it looked very convincing. Uh, okay. Which uh, isn't always the case if you've seen Wimbledon. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, and James McAvoy playing James McAvoy. It's not James McAvoy. Why am I talking James- about Shia LaBeouf playing Shia LaBeouf? Uh, yes, like I say, James McEnroe playing John McEnroe. No, it's Charlotte Booth playing John McEnroe, and he does it very well, actually. I think this is the only film I've ever seen Charlotte Booth in that I thought he was good. Um, yeah. No, he's very, very good in it. Uh, and, and really impressively, because John McEnroe is left handed, and Charlotte Booth learned to play tennis convincingly left handed, even though he's right handed. Really? Wow. I like, well, that's, that's pretty good. Because I, I assume they, I thought they'd done a kind of, um, like, filmed him and then just flipped the shot or something, like, like they did in my, yeah. le- my left foot. But no, he, he learned mm. to do it. Because I think I could. That is difficult. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, because I mean, in fairness, yeah, it's all. I think the ball was all CGI and stuff like that, so you didn't need to be able to do it that well. You just need to look like you can do it. But I think I, I couldn't convincingly look like I was serving left-handed. I just, no, me so, neither. Definitely so not. So awkward. Listener, try try serving left-handed now, or if you're left-handed, try serving right-handed, and see how awkward I, it is. I don't think I can serve with my right hand anyway, Colin. No, I'm pretty, like, I can't do it very well. But at least I can I can look half convincing right-handed if, <laughs> if there's no actual ball there. Um, <laughs> Anyway, yeah, it's, it's it's not a bad film at all. Um, I think of of last year's tennis films, I would recommend Battle of the Sexes instead of this. But um, but yeah, it's worth a watch. Hmm. Right, are you ready, Zijan, for Avengers: Infinity War? I've been looking. Yeah, yes, yes, <laughs> definitely, definitely. I've got yeah, lots of things. Lots of things to say. Um, I think. So we'll, as usual, we'll do um, non-spoilers than spoilers. I think we probably yep. shouldn't spend too long on non-spoilers because basically this is a more enjoyable film if you come in fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, there are apparently 22 heroes in this film wow <laughs> uh, that's insane I think there's yeah something like that is the number of names on the poster um, this is the 19th film in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe yep and they do not let you give you much time to uh, to catch up do they this is just straight nope. in with they're like we're mm. assuming you've seen it all all 18 previous films and we're not going to explain definitely yep. much it's, uh, which I kind of liked because I mean, it's what two hours twenty or something. But, um, yeah, but I'd rather they don't spend so much time on exposition. Yeah, kind of like this is Thor. He does this. this, this it's not like boom, just straight. Really. I like the so uh, without doing spoilers, the, the, the opening scene follows straight on from Thor Ragnarok, mm. and basically just expects you to know what happened in Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> yes, of course. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, so, how, what can we do without doing spoilers? So, um, so Thanos. Is the big villain? Hey, hey, you usually explain the story. This is, I'm bad at this. Yeah, I'm ba- I do. I'm bad I do. At this. I'll let you do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, if you haven't been following this, um, the Marvel universe, and where have you been? If you haven't heard of it, Simon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the he's already fast forwarded through this, but he's, he does probably has. Yeah, the, the underlying threat or the underlying plot point in a majority of the Marvel films is that there are Infinity Stones. Mm-hmm. Six of them. Uh, six of them. Each of them uh, possessed great power. And at the end of the first Avengers film, you get a glimpse of Thanos, who is the main uh, bad guy. Yeah. So you see, him, he's a post-credit smiling at the camera, and we all went and we all went yep. and looked up on our phones who Thanos was. <laughs> and in this film, he's basically about him collecting all six. Infinity Stones, or could he? Mm, like that's that's his plan. So he's just trying to them all, and uh, I guess the Avengers are trying to stop him. Exactly, and that's the that's really the gist of the story. That'll do without that spoilers. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's again obvious from the trailers that uh, this this is not all Earthbound. So we end up in various different locations across the the galaxy. Yeah. Um, we see our friends, the Guardians of the Galaxy, who uh, are already obviously in space to begin with, because that's what they do. Um, we have all our Avengers who are based on Earth, and uh, yeah, as if you haven't seen Thor Ragnarok, at the end of Thor Ragnarok, um, Thor and Hulk and, and Loki and various others are in space as well, just mm-hmm. having uh, left. Well, Asgard has been destroyed, so they're off wandering around. And in fact, post credits on that one, they bumped into Thanos' ship, didn't they? That was the uh, yep. Did it. Wow. <laughs> and you say two hours and twenty minutes, and it doesn't really let up at any point. It's just no. It was it, relentless. Yeah. It was definitely relentless, and. I thought it didn't feel like 2 hours and 30 minutes, to be fair. No, it, it didn't, it, did it? It, sipped along it didn't feel dragged on. It didn't feel like they drag on certain scenes. It didn't feel like they're trying to, like, you know, maximize, 
the, the, the time slot as much as possible. The, things went quite fluidly. Yeah. Without so, so I, I seen it a second time last night. Um, mm-hmm. And it, yeah, I think even on the first time, it kind of it really zips along. Um, yeah, there's, there's one or two bits, which are kind of coming to in spoilers, I thought dragged a little bit. Kind mm-hmm. of, more, I guess, because I, because it's in, it's dotting around different locations, different characters, because in some of them I thought, okay, I'm not so interested in what's happening here, I want to get back to that one, which I guess is, is a sign of strength in, in, in the other subplots as well. Um, yeah. Uh, it also reminded me, so in Thor Ragnarok, there was some, when, basically whenever Hela was on screen, I was like, oh, I'm not interested uh, in this plotline, can we get back to the other plotline? There was some bits in this further, but not too much, it was only a few minutes probably in, in, the, in the whole running time. Uh, and I thought they handled it really well in terms of just how much, the, so a ridiculously ambitious scope. It is. Um, and you look back at other Avengers films. So I remember when the first Avengers came out, I think, oh, how are they going to cope with the six characters? Um, yes, definitely. <laughs> um, and Age of Ultron, I, I've got a, I've got a big soft spot for that film, but it, you could really tell they were trying to crumb together a lot of different um, story points. Whereas in this one, I think you you can't really see the joins. It kind of feels you can when you, when you step back and think of what they've managed to achieve in it, you think, wow, that's incredible. But you, you, it doesn't feel like it's. And now we need to set this up, and now we need to do this, and how do this? Yes. Uh, apart from maybe one or two points, but but by and large, it doesn't feel like that. I think that's what people should take from this, though. Like I think a lot of I've seen quite a few reviews of this film, and some of the non-positive reviews tend mm-hmm. to focus on the fact that you know. That if, if as a standalone film, it probably may not make that much oh, sense. Yeah, no, you can't watch this as a standalone yeah. film. No. That's mm. that's the thing. But if you think about what the Russell brothers managed to do, yeah, to balance twenty one um, characters, um, yeah. to to keep a coherent plotline <laughs> throughout this whole film, yeah. with all these characters out, to manage different tones, cause different groups of people like the Guardians of the Galaxy always have a more fun tone to them yeah and in fact I think that's probably some of my favourite bits the Guardians of the Galaxy bit um, yeah and to, to, to do all of this is nothing short of an achievement in in cinema really yeah because well, like, yeah, I, I know a lot of the Marvel films have been criticised for being similar in tone but that's becoming less and less true so, exactly so when yeah. you've got yeah, you say big comedy and you've got um, yeah, you've got the magic of Doctor Strange and you've got kind of just a metal suit for Iron Man and you've um, yeah, different characters, Spider-Man, Hulk, or Wilson. I always thought the fact that they, they could have spent an hour just kind of having each new character appear and the, the, the audience is cheering. It's like, yeah, it's Spider-Man, yeah. And, but they didn't... I mean, they, they had some of those fun moments, like particularly when Captain America turns up. That's very much a... Yes. <laughs> Avengers theme tune plays and all this. But, um, but fortunately, they didn't do that 22 times. That could have been... No. Uh, that would be very annoying. <laughs> they were great. They were great. Yeah. Um, so without going into Thanos' uh, plan in non-spoilers, um, they did hmm. they did seem to... I think that Marvel had a villain problem, I think, we've, is, is well well documented, yep. in that uh, they tend not to be that well-drawn or not that um, sympathetic. Well, they, they've tried... they keep saying that, right, compared to what, though? Like... Well, I guess compared to the Joker. That's what we all go back yeah, to. Yeah, everyone keeps yeah, comparing yeah. it to the Joker, but it's not, it's just one one yeah. but villain, the, right? But, but it's keep... true. So I, I guess it's a problem with a lot of these kind of films. But but you look at Phase 1, Phase 2, I mean, no one's calling out for Obadiah Stain to come back or, or <laughs> Malekith. Obadiah's who? <laughs> Malekith or something. And, and yeah. Whereas I think, so this, as you say, was a lot more about Thanos. Than I was expecting. In fact, it was, it's been described as being from his point of view, which I think is probably it an is. exaggeration. But, um, but you see a lot more of him and his and his reasoning, and um, and they've mm-hmm. really tried to make him more sympathetic. I think. Yes, he's he's not one of those grandiose villains as well, isn't he? He doesn't like mouth monologues and all that uh, for everyone. No, no, he's got one or two. But, uh, yeah, yeah, but he he's very soft spoken. I would say, like and, the way he carries himself. And in fact, I think we've so we we only we saw a glimpse of him before. So we saw, as you say, post credits in Avengers. We, uh, he's quite a big part of uh, Guardians One, and there is post credits in Ultron, was it? Mm. Um, and I think, although those were fairly brief glimpses, they probably gave a slightly false impression because he was kind of like grinning all the time and like, looking like, oh yeah, all I want to do is cause pain and, and destruction, which is kind of what he is in the comics, I think. But um. But that wasn't really it wasn't really him here in this one. No. It wasn't kind of a I'm going to torture you because because it's fun. He, it wasn't like that. Um, no, but nothing like that at all. So uh, yeah, so I think I don't know whether they changed their mind a bit um, or whether they just thought actually this um, that was kind of a misdirect before. I don't know. Mm. 
the, oh, I'll leave that for spoilers. Um, <laughs> we probably have to leave a lot of yeah. spoilers now. Uh, the effects were fantastic. I mean, obviously. They were very good. There was no like hidden moustache that you can't no. see. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. I, one of the scenes that um, I just kind of, when Rocket was doing something, I just kind of thought, we really take this for granted now that, yeah, that a kind of a, a raccoon character can hold works so well. Yeah. And you think, fair enough, it's not the first time it's happened, obviously, but. You look back even a few years ago. I remember when, well, this is quite a while ago now, but I remember when um, Monsters, Inc. came out and everyone was so excited by the way that Sully's hair looked real. Awesome. Mm. And I think we've come a long way in that time, haven't we? So, so. We have. And, and it's good for us, though. As, as cinema goers and film watchers, yeah. it's, it's to our benefit that we get to see this. I think Bradley Cooper's underrated in that performance, actually. Like, you, you, get, you never see him, obviously, he's doing the voice. Mm. But uh, it's such a good voice he does for Rocket. He does, yeah. Um... One little fact before we... I think we're probably ready to go to spoilers, but um, the, right. the, at the beginning there's a distress call from the, from the Asgardian ship. Mm-hmm. It's voiced, voiced by Kenneth Branagh. Oh, was it? Really? Um, that's a nice that's, that's nice homage to the first director of the Thor film. That's it. Yeah, mm. so that was nice. That's good. Cool. Um, so before, before we go to spoilers, did you like it? Oh, I loved it. I think um, for me, from my point of view, is that as a fan of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Uh, I, I felt like following them for this past 10 years, this film was a worthy reward. I felt like the, the Russo brothers were treating me to such a wonderful film okay. as a reward for following them for 10 years. And it felt like that. And I loved it for it. Yeah, I, I, I had a great time. I think... Um, I, 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 I think I probably preferred it the second time. Um, mm-hmm. It's... For me, nothing beats the first Avengers film. That's that's still my favorite um, and one of my yep. one of my favorite films. Uh, the recent ones I've been a little bit unsure of because I, I know everyone loves Winter Soldier, which I, th- I thought was pretty good, but um, wasn't one of my faves. Uh, Civil War I thought was brilliant the first time I saw it. They're kind of on, on repeat viewings, less so. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because the the action is wonderful, uh, but I feel the dialogue and the characters aren't so good. Um, this one I felt the the dialogue and characters were getting a lot better. Um, so yeah, I, I yeah I, I say I don't. It's not my favorite Avengers film, but um. Yeah, I had a great time. Enjoyed this one. Yep. Cool. So, spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Where do you want to begin? <laughs> yeah. Let's talk Thanos. So, um, so Thanos' plan is to kill half of everything in the universe. Yes. Uh, and he comes up with... Because okay, he it. thinks that um, the universe is under-resourced and that there are basically too many people out there. Uh, fighting for limited numbers of resources yeah. and you know, people just destroy each other so he wants to bring balance and this, this all came from his home planet of Titan where mm. the, the, yeah, very specifically there was under-resourced and he just said well let's kill half the people at random and uh, and they didn't and then the planet died effectively yep um, so he's mad of course he is he's, he's known as the mad Titan yeah but it, you can kind of see where he's coming from it, it, yep. it makes sense uh, he, he thinks he's right that's the thing yeah and I know every single villain ever they said oh he doesn't see himself as a villain blah, blah. but more than more than usual I think that was true here in that he yeah. thought he was doing something that was almost merciful um, yeah wasn't someone who said that every villain thinks that they're the hero in their own story yeah 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 which mm. is why the kind of yeah, him, him grinning madly at the end of Avengers or in, and kind of guys he feels out of place now because I and I, I know we kind of pictured him in fact even the trailer said oh this puts a smile on my face which got cut from the film but um his his strength I think was quite dramatically variable I think this is probably the biggest flaw for me and I, mm-hmm. the second time around again it didn't seem so bad but um, maybe because I knew what was coming but like sometimes he has like I don't know a mountain land on him and he just gets up and looks angry Yeah. and then sometimes a guy punches him in the face and he's like oh that hurt so I, I'm, I'm a little bit vague on exactly what can hurt him uh, yeah, I th- I think as so long as he moves the story along, <laughs> and I think that's the, the where they came from, and that's the other thing that they've managed to juggle very well is that you've got some characters, and this has always been the case in Avengers, but you've got some characters who just yeah basically they're good at punching or something, <clears throat> and then you've got some who can do magic or are a god, and <laughs> trying to work out who's, who can do what. Yes, but but it's one of those things, right? It's like it was comic books. You everyone everyone fits in for some reason. It's like a jigsaw puzzle that mm. everyone has a part to play, no matter how small you are, how insignificant you may be. And that's what it felt like, though, know, in, in the films. Like, even in the first Avengers film, like, no one thought that Hawkeye or Black Widow would play an important yeah, role in yeah. it. But they did. And 
even in this film, like, Mantis was such a small character in the mm. previous Guardians of the Galaxy 2, but even she get quite gets a big role. I, I could tell what she was doing. Like, yeah. she, she doesn't get, like, sidelined in any way in this film. No, I, I, I mean, it kind of makes sense, that, yeah, cause, so she can put people to sleep generally, and she's basically mm. trying, she manages to stop Thanos in his tracks for, for a while. And that's, mm. that's that's kind of sensible use of her power. Um, yes, exactly. But then you think, yeah, it's Iron Man has managed to punch him in the face, <laughs> and <laughs> so what? Uh, but the, and this is the things things like um, so Thanos with his Infinity Gauntlet, he's managed so he manages to collect all the almost all the gems, like, just collect mm. all the gems by the end. But um, in that scene on um, Nowhere, where he uh, he can change reality, so he can make Drax kind of fall like essentially fall into Blocks, and, yeah, mantis into ribbons. Yeah, I think. Well, if you can do that, why not do that when Iron Man's jumping at you? Um, it's well, why just stand there and take the beating? Um, and if you're, yeah, when you're fighting Doctor Strange, you can meet magic with magic. But when you, uh, yeah. so it's, it has to be that way for this film to work. But it kind it of has it to because it, stick out it, of it. you know he just becomes too omnipotent, doesn't he? And then just mm. becomes. It's just not fun to watch. Yeah, and I guess that, that's the other thing because his plan was to destroy half of life. He's not trying to do anything else, so he's just, yep. just waiting for opportunities to do that um, and prevent people from stopping him from doing that. Yeah, it took a while actually before I realised that he was being very literal because people kept saying, "Oh, he could click his fingers and destroy half the world or half the universe." I, I didn't really realise until most of the way through the film that clicking his fingers literally meant clicking his fingers because usually you hear yeah. that expression it just means he'd find it easy or something oh does it I didn't know that so in the comics the the first part of Infinity War ends with a snap okay the last the last comic panel was literally a, uh, it was a if I'm not mistaken it's a black panel okay with just the words snap on it okay yeah that's how he ended and you know that he, he succeeded oh. basically in doing that. So did this? And this, did this follow? Have you read the Infinity War comics? Then, or? Uh, no, uh, not completely. Yeah. I've seen parts of it. Yeah, because I'd assume this was a very loose adaptation, but I don't. I don't know. Uh, so I mean, the the motives were different in the in the comics. He was trying to impress Mistress Death. Oh yes. Yeah. He 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 was in love with Death itself, and to impress her, um, he wanted to kill as many people as possible to to gain her love, basically. And he did achieve that. He did get all six Infinity Stones in the end. Okay. And he did snap his fingers. And then half the world disappeared. So they actually kept to the comic books with the okay, ending in this film pretty, as well. Pretty accurate, yeah. Yeah, okay. mm. So, so um, all, all the jotting around the different places, did you have any that you particularly uh, enjoyed or particularly didn't enjoy? Or was it all uh, so, okay, this is one thing that I didn't really like about all, all the Russell, uh, the Russo films okay. why do you have to put like the place names in like big bold letters <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of the in the middle of the screen um, but in terms of places that I did enjoy um, I enjoyed the fight on Titan okay I thought yeah, yeah. that was really good fun that was really good fun to see uh, I thought Wakanda was a bit underused really okay because mm. I think that was yeah. I, I think that's, I, I think I preferred the earthbound stuff I, in general I'm not Always, I mean, things like the Guardians, I, I really enjoyed, but that was kind of always set galactically. I think the kind yes. of popping around galactically, I, I don't know why. It just feels obviously, obviously, it's more aliens. I guess maybe it um, feels a bit more remote. From, but, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, so Battle of Wakanda, I really enjoyed. Um, even if oh, okay. the whole point of it was to protect Vision, which they then failed to do, so it was all completely pointless. Um, yes, <laughs> they did. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and in general, the so I, I love Mark Ruffalo, and I think he plays really well off Tony Stark. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. Things like that. so, and, and Spider-Man coming as well. So the opening hmm. bits there off, um, in New York were great fun. Yeah, the New York bit was fun as well. I, I, I mean, I like the Titan bit a lot. I like the fight. I thought yeah. that that fight was very good because the fight against Thanos on Earth was just nothing. Everyone was just pushed over there because they didn't have the heavy hitters in Earth, did they? They, they were mostly like um, Bucky and Captain America. They weren't yeah. going to last long against Thanos versus like in... Titan, you have Iron Man and Doctor Strange, basically the heavy hitters of the Avengers yeah. team. They are there, Earth, so they put out more of a fight. That's why I like the fight scene a lot more. It yeah. felt Earth like just lost, lost its best defender as, as Captain America said of Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, and I, actually, I really did like. I thought it was quite emotional, but the, the yeah, where Thanos is just knocking them all for six. I, I thought that was done really well actually, because it's kind of mm. showing. Fair enough, Captain America manages to hold his gauntlet for a little bit, but basically, the, for, yeah, there's no for some reason, <laughs> yeah. Just because he's so lo- lovely, um, <laughs> he's got such good, good beard. Um, 
Actually, I, I enjoyed that when uh, when Thor popped down to Earth and, and was like, oh, I see that you've copied my beard. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, did, did your cinema cheer when Thor came back to Earth? Uh, no, the first, first time I saw it, it was all pretty quiet. The second time, there was a lot of laughter, but no, no cheering. Yeah. So, like, the, when Thor came back to Earth uh, with Raccoon and Groot, yes. it, it was very reminiscent of the Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. Okay. When Aragorn and Legolas came by yeah, ship. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, it didn't have the same impact as that, though. Because in that, you could tell that they were losing very badly before Aragorn came. In Wakanda... It didn't feel like anything. Like no, would it, would I, it? I thought I again. I think there's a few things I picked up more the second time. But um, yeah, I yeah. think it felt like the tide had turned to the hot buster. Um, he'd been covered in those creatures. Oh, okay. And, um, and you'd, you'd seen Black Panther just being thrown around and stuff. So it, it felt like they were maybe not on the cusp of defeat, but certainly the tide had turned a bit. Um, in fact, the, the whole bit where Thor gets his axe, I think, was probably one of the bits that that did drag for me a little bit. Um, uh, it felt the same to me as well. I thought Peter Dinklage's. Uh, Appearance did not do anything for the film. Yeah, that that so I, it wasn't it wasn't bad, but I think it's because I wanted to know what was going on in Wakanda and Titan. Yeah, every time I, it I, cut to him and think, yeah, none of this. Yes, yeah, sudden. Oh, I need to open up this star to form this accent. Well, this this didn't need to have happened. You could just have no. Just just do it. Just do it in the site <laughs> and then come back to her. Yeah, and because no one for a second thought he wasn't going to do it. Um, exactly I mean, right. Groot formed the handle of the axe. That was pretty cool, but um. But yes, like that that scene, like that whole segment could have been cut. I think without worrying mm. too much. Um, I I I agree with you totally on that. But that was my least favorite part it, of the film. Yeah, it felt. Did, have you seen um, the Last Jedi? You have, haven't you? Yes, I have. Yeah, it, it felt a bit like the scene where where um they went to a casino. The casino, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I was watching. Yeah, I don't care what's happening. Uh, what about um? So Gamora, let's talk for there, there was a lot more Gamora than I'd been expecting, although I probably could have worked out there would be. Um Yeah, well she is his daughter after all. Yeah. And they they basically tried to get his and this is what I was talking about being sympathetic, is that um mm. which essentially trying to tell us that Thanos really loves Gamora. Um so he has to sacrifice her to get the soul stone. Soul stone, yeah. And I thought that was done well in that they made it very clear that this I mean Gamora even even has the line, This isn't love. Um, yeah, exactly. And I think they're not trying to make us. I say sympathetic. They're not trying to make us think, oh, he really does love her after all. But kind of think, oh, he twist in his twisted mind. This is what he thinks he th- love is. Um, yes. So I thought that was done very well. I thought it worked well. Zoe Saldana was was great. I think yeah, in this film. Yeah. I think it was one of her best <laughs> best works, really. Yeah, because she always felt a little bit sidelined. I mean, not in the Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah, yeah, especially. She's got some, some good action beats, but she's never had much character stuff, I guess. Um, mm. Well, I think that's not quite true. I think there was some good stuff in, in Guardians Two when she was kind of reconnecting with Nebula. Um, mm. Although I didn't, I didn't really buy the plotline of uh, her and Star Lord's love romance. No, I know there were hints to it in the previous Guardians films. There were hints to it, but it wasn't like this, this serious, right? Like this is. I saw this described as the most romantic uh, MCU film. I'm not sure that's true, but. Um, yeah, it's a bit like the Pepper and Tony in that all the romantic development seems to take place off screen. <laughs> exactly. Uh, which which is a very odd way to go. And you know, you know, Zizan, how I love a romantic subplot. But, um, yeah, you do. But in this film, so we had so we had those two. Obviously, you've got um, Vision and Wanda. And yes. you've got a very, very uh, brief hint at um, Bruce and Natasha. Uh, but the, yes, the... the it almost felt like the, the love stories were only being used so that death scenes would feel more more impactful. Yeah, and that's a shame. That is a shame. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I felt the one for Star Lord and Gamora the most. Mm. I thought for the one for Wonder and Vision, um, I actually was more emotionally affected by that. Yeah, no, they work. They work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also in the comics, they were together as well. Yeah, <laughs> they got together as well. So they, it was, yeah, but. Yeah, that scene where where Wanda had to destroy Vision, that was quite. That was the heartbreaking. Yeah, there was, there was, yeah, that was painful. I was say, they've really beat up on Wanda. So her, her parents die young. She her brother dies. She has to kill her boyfriend and then see him killed again. Yeah, I mean, this is, oh, poor girl. This is, I mean, she'd be destroyed surely. And I think no wonder she changed her accent. No wonder. Very good. Um, it's a, <laughs> and I was, it's a shame. I don't know whether it's a bit of a, a bit of a trope that female characters go through that more than male characters because they often don't have that many female characters in the franchise and, and to put one of them through the ringer quite so much might be ill advised. But but, but they're, they're so good together and 
uh, those two in the, in the brief bits we got. So uh, there was like, yeah, I I actually did buy their romance a lot yeah. more. It's the first time I've yeah. actually liked Vision, so that's uh, yeah. That's <laughs> I think it's the first time they had a lot more to do. So let, let's let's talk deaths. Um, <laughs> let's let so Gamora had to die for the Soul Stone to come back. Um, yeah, start from the beginning, Colin. I'll start from the beginning. Um, Heimdall and Loki, uh, yes. both killed in. in I was going um, obviously. Idris Elba has not enjoyed doing these films for a while, so um, so. so that was no surprise. And, and in fact, half of Asgard is killed, and to give us a, a precursor to his half. Do you think when he clicked his fingers that half of the remaining Asgardians died, or do you think he's already uh, already done their half? <laughs> oh, that, no one knows. <laughs> I, that's only just occurred to me, but if he's... And in fact, the, but, uh, I, so this is sidetracking, what was I remember? The whole thing with the um, Peter Dinklage... Where Thanos called everyone except him is like well, that, that's not in keeping with his half of everywhere. Plan. No, definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, the Loki death that was um that was quite that was done very well. Hmm. I thought it was it was a good end to his character as Loki. It was, wasn't it? He got a, a bit of redemption. You could see yes. his side was on. Um, and he's still doing his little bit of trickery at the yes, side. Yes, god mean, of mischief. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it it is Loki's death. Like I mean, I would I would like to see his story to end like that. I think it was well. Well written, yeah. Because I mean, because there's a, lot, a long way, from, I guess, from Avengers where he was working for Thanos and just happily getting involved and killing all these people. Um, yeah, and then you've got, I say, quite a long wait to the next one, which is is Gamora. Yep. Um, I don't know whether they're going to bring her back or not. There's, you kind of, I, I don't like it when MCU keeps bringing people back from the dead, but Guardians Three is going to be a bit of a downer if she's not without. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and. There's a suspicion that's going along the interwebs oh, yes. that um, Gamora has not died, but she's in the soul stone. I've heard that, she's, yeah. yeah. Mm, because uh, she her death, um, and pretty much like half the MCU is because of the soul stone. Okay. So instead of dying, they're actually all trapped in the soul stone, and that's a suspicion. Okay, because I, I could see her being trapped in the soul stone, because obviously the, that, the death was up for that. And was was talking about that. Uh, the, the return of Red Skull was pretty cool. I enjoyed that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, good some good fan tribute there. Because he didn't really die in his film, did he? No, well, I'd forgotten. But yeah, in Captain America First Avenger, he got he got blasted off into space. So, uh, yeah. Although not Hugo Weaving. He didn't want to come back. So they got a guy to do a Hugo Weaving impersonation. It's uh, a good thing that he was a Red Skull. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and not... Yeah, Hugo Weaving. Yes, yeah, so that could have been a could have been a Crispin Glover situation. Um, uh, yeah, so let, well, since you mentioned it, so half of the universe dies. Yes, there's Vision died before the. the oh, sorry, Vision. Though. Yes, I forgot. Yes. Um, so again, there's some question about whether he's gone or not. But I think he has to be. I think he of all the Avengers, he's very disposable. Yeah, I suspected that he was going to die as well. He's like one of those characters, like in a lot of the comic books right now. Those people who almost immediately die in almost all comic books hmm. series are the androids, okay. because they can be rebuilt right. and explained quite easily in the future when they come back yeah. alive again. And I wasn't surprised at all when Vision died, cause um, he was the only android among them. He wasn't like flesh and blood. Yeah. Could, hmm. So on the one hand, I'd like to see him come back so that he and Wanda can. Uh, so basically, Wanda's life isn't quite so terrible. Um, <laughs> on the other hand, I don't want to see people come back all the time. Because um, he turns grey when he when he gets the soul stone, the soul stone, the mind stone removed, mm. um, and so and apparently he's grey in the comics, or or was grey in the comics originally, or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there was some suggestion that maybe they'll do that, but there's a massive hole in his head now. So. <laughs> <laughs> it took out quite a lot of his where his skull would be whilst they were taking the stone out. So. Well, maybe Shuri managed to cap some of his sentience. Oh yeah, maybe they'll play play Shuri into it. Mm. Yeah. It's nice to see her again. Um, didn't I, I like Sherry. I think she's great. she's great character. Yeah. Um, so there's the Avengers four. There's absolutely no way they're not bringing back everyone. Uh, but I mean that's going to be the climax, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. So I've made a list of the people that are left for the next film. Mm-hmm. Um, and it basically it's the entire original lineup of the Avengers. So we got Iron Man, Black Widow, Hulk, Captain America, Thor, mm-hmm. um, Hawkeye. We didn't see at all in this film, did we? But um, He's on his farm. Um, so I've heard this. The the the, the, the I guess the guess um, or the theory that uh, his family dies as part of this, and therefore yep. he's back because he's got a motivation, uh, mm. which makes a lot of sense. Um, we've also got Rocket, War Machine, Nebula, um, Okoye, Okoye, Okoye rather, uh, and Umbaku. Mm-hmm. 
we might have Shuri and Wong. We don't know. Mm-hmm. We might have Ant Man and the Wasp. We might even have Valkyrie because she was down from Infinity War, but we didn't we didn't see her. Yes. Um, and we've got Captain Marvel. We've got Captain Marvel. So, before we talk about Captain Marvel, uh, I think I think I'm really looking forward to the next. I know it's a year away, but um, mm. I like the fact that it's kind of the original lineup. Because whilst this, I think it was a great film, the the bit that I didn't like where you didn't kind of get to spend enough time with characters interact. I mean, there were some great character interactions. I think Doctor Strange and Iron Man, Spider Man was a, was a great triumvirate. Um, that was a very good. Yeah. <laughs> but I'd like to see kind of yeah these characters bouncing off each other without having to jump to another. 15 characters somewhere else um, mm. so I think and also it's, it's widely believed that a lot of these characters aren't well, a lot of these actors aren't coming back after Avengers 4 no. um, either because they're dead or, or whatever else um, so I think as a, as a final hurrah well, I think that's a great call mm. it's good so um, tell me about I know we, we've talked about Captain Marvel before but tell me a little bit about Captain Marvel's either. Um I think so Bear in mind that she's going to be very different from the comics, okay. if I'm not mistaken, because they have to make her like overpowered in the film. Yes, she's basically like Superman in the film now. <laughs> That's yeah. what they're trying to make her to be. But um, yeah, she's Carol Danvers. She got her powers from an alien, quite similar to how Green Lantern got his powers. She's um, from Marvel, isn't it? Yeah, Marvel, a Kree who basically um, got his powers from explosion. Their DNA is merged somehow. And she has super strength, flight, um, pretty much invulnerable, um, energy projection. Um, she's not that powerful in the comics, she, okay. um, but they are going to make her seriously strong yeah. in the films. So for those of you who stuck around to the post-credits, um, Nick Fury and Maria Hill are, are driving along uh, and crashed her car. And it turns out that basically yes, people the drivers of that car are dead and had disappeared because when Thanos does this dead thing there's nothing left uh, helicopters crash around um, Maria Hill <laughs> oh speaking of which sorry Colin yeah. I was going to say there's not going to be 50% who will die there'll be more than 50% who will die imagine if your pilot of the plane That's true. disappears yes. it's not going to be 50% <laughs> who's just disappeared Thanos like, I hope you plan this properly because <laughs> there's going to be a lot more people who are, who are dying from this yeah. 50% disappearing That's good, good, good point yeah she wants to do some cut That's, that feels like an actuarial task <laughs> if, if, if a, a random 50% of the world died how many people would then die as a, as a <laughs> result of that I don't know how many doctors have gone yeah exactly who's going to deliver the post it's um anyway Maria Hill she goes um, Samuel Jackson goes but just as he's going he, he gets out his 90s beeper which has been adapted and he, and he get a Captain Marvel symbol Mm. Um, so I think we all well, in fact, I'm going to claim credit on this one because uh, when we were doing our predictions a while ago I predicted Captain Marvel in a post credit scene which is almost what happened um, go me yeah I, I'm i looking forward to them explaining why he didn't use that when there was the alien invasion in New York I'm sure why, there's a why reason he didn't for do it. that when Ultron was taking over the world I'm, yes I, I imagine what the, well I hope there's a reason it'll be something like Captain Marvel's made contact for the first time in have along and, mm. and I knew she was around so the general theory is either she's out in space somewhere, which I think is most likely. Yeah. Um, I had a suggestion that she's temporarily stuck in the 90s or something, but I think that, that seems very unlikely to me. Um, hmm. I, don't, I don't know how that would work. So I, I imagine she's out doing space stuff. She has a pager, though. She has a pager. Uh, Brie Larson, we will see her in Captain Marvel next March, I think. Yeah, um, that I'm looking forward to now, even more so because of this film. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be... a. So the very people who did die, so all all the Guardians apart from Rocket, um, Bucky, Scarlet Witch, Doctor Strange, Black Panther, Spider-Man, Falcon. Uh, I was actually a little bit surprised that by Black Panther and Spider-Man, um, maybe they, I reckon they didn't know quite how popular Black Panther was going to be. Yeah, um, they, they can't they can't change the film halfway through. Yeah, so I did think maybe if they'd known he was going to be quite so big, they might have kept him in as well. But um, but before is already in the can, isn't it? Um, exactly, well, and. Spider Man death hit me really hard. Oh, when he apologizes, like, I'm yeah. so sorry. Oh, yeah, no, that was um. It hit me so hard. Like I wasn't like I, I wasn't. I know we were both not fans of the previous Spider Man film. Not not massively. No. Yeah, but his death here was very painful to watch. Like you could tell that he's a kid. He's just a kid in this. I can't see like Tobey Maguire Spider Man or Andrew Garfield Spider Man pull it out because they were definitely adults. But yeah, <laughs> and I think it's. 
And this, I guess it's, it's not a bit like the kind of Vision's death or Gamora's death is, is kind of framed around how it affects um, uh, Wanda and, and Peter Quill. But this is all about how it affected Tony, isn't it? Because he basically yeah. he feels utterly responsible for this kid, uh, and, and rightly so, because it's all his fault. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, there was, I say, a lot of people seem to think that Pepper was going to be killed off in this one, um, which didn't mm. happen. Well, may have happened, who knows, but didn't didn't happen on screen. Um but this, yeah, rather than going down that route, they went down the route of, of killing off Spider-Man, which I thought was, um, yeah, better. Yeah, that scene. I, I heard that uh, basically Tom Holland uh, ad-libbed that scene. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Good so, laugh. Hmm, that's good. So, the, the first things that were in the trailers that weren't in the film... Um, <laughs> the Hulk? The Hulk, for example. So, in fact, you're familiar with my... Uh, wide and ever-growing collection of uh, of pop Funko figures. Um, yes. There is there is one, and it's not the only one uh, toy that did this, but um, showing the Hulk bursting out from the Hulkbuster armor. Um, I've seen a couple of toys that were doing that. So, to me, that means I, I think they plan to do that and then sidle against it, um, rather than it being a misdirect. I mean, some of the stuff in the trailers, I think, definitely is a misdirect. Mm-hmm. So that kind of scene where they're all running towards the camera in Wakanda. Yeah. It's kind of the, the basis, the, the kind of the, the focal point of the advertising, but, but to, I reckon that probably never was going to be in the film. Whereas, so this, you went back to watch the trailers, by the way, Colin. I did. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. avoided the trailers. Yeah. I thought I'd go and see them. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But if, I, I think they had a whole Hulk thing. Well, in fact, they, so the whole Bruce and Natasha thing. There's definitely there's a scene in the trailers where they're talking. Scarlett Johansson has talked about the kind of how it develops their relationship, mm. um, and that was all gone apart from a kind of one moment where they say hi to each other. Mm. Um, I'm a big fan of that relationship. I, I want to see yep. more of that. Um, so I think I, I think they're not going to abandon that, especially with fewer casts next time. So I imagine they'll be uh, reincorporating that into the next film. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it felt like there's going to be a big kind of Hulk smashing out of that thing moment. That and I don't know why they would cut that, but maybe just oh. tracking too long. Or... Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad they didn't show everything in the trailers, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm. I'm, I'm glad they're misdirecting the trailers as well. That's. Yeah, and some of it's quite things like Thor getting his eye back, and then in the trailer, they, they, <laughs> in the trailer, they put the eye patch on so that we wouldn't know he got his eye back. And so I don't really care who got his eye back. Exactly, right. <laughs> like who cares? Like the the whole eye thing was such a big deal last last in Thor Ragnarok because he was like resembling his father. Yeah, and then Rocket Raccoon just gave him a thick eye. Yeah, which immediately works when you show. It. Yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I think there's so Mark Ruffalo's talked before about how rather than doing a Hulk solo film, they had to kind of all the Hulk development they wanted and they put it across three films so Ragnarok and mm. the two Avengers uh, and he got a bit so he's got, he's got this whole thing where he's basically the Hulk is refusing to come out effectively so Banner can't turn into the Hulk Yeah, and I imagine we'll get a lot more of that next film to kind of round off that arc so that'd be I mean I'm, I'm a big fan of Mark Ruffalo and I think I thought he did well here but um, it's good to see more of Mark Ruffalo than the Hulk that's more true. Bruce Banner that's than true. the Hulk yeah yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know whether there's a plan in in the works to do a kind of Birds of Prey equivalent where it's all the female characters. I, 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 it feels a bit on the nose, but there was a scene in this where they had... Um, it was Wanda, Okoye, and, and uh, Black Widow teaming up against the female baddie character, whose name is... Who, me. No, who, who no one remembers. Now, no one remembers any of the henchmen of Thanos, by the way. No, I, I liked the kind of the slimy, uh, obsequious one who... Who got killed by a very old film called Aliens? Yeah, that's it. Um, but you're right. I mean, they were, they were cannon fodder, weren't they? So yeah, they were there. But yeah, um, I I'm trying to think whether they did like a female Avengers assemble thing. I think there was once that they okay. did one, but it was quite brief. Um, I think I, this the MCU has got some fantastic female characters, um, especially recently. Kind of yeah, yeah. Last year, got Captain Marvel coming up. Valkyrie was great. Shuri. Uh, man- they, they're going to be horror. super powerful though but like, yeah <laughs> but I think you don't yeah give them all to do great I'm not sure I'm give yeah solo films but I'm not sure you need to have a kind of look we've teamed up all our female characters into this film it feels, yes. feels a bit on the nose but, um. I know right wow we've gone we've run <laughs> we've run we've quite gone a lot of time um, yeah so uh, I don't think I, we could probably talk about this for, for ages more but let's I'm going to leave it there unless you've got any more no I think people should watch this film yeah um, I concur <laughs> You should watch this film. It's great. Which means let's skip James Franco till next time. <laughs> uh, and we have a uh, quiz on Steven Spielberg films of the 90s. You won't believe how little research I've done for this. 
Um, basically because I was going to write the quiz this morning, then I thought I needed to buy some new headphones, and then it turns out I didn't. And anyway. Um, uh, there's a long story. So, okay. We've got no excuses. Zijan, question one. What, which film stars a character called Peter Banning? That's uh, Hook. It is Hook. See how easy my questions are this week? <laughs> uh, question one from me is, the film Hook reimagines a grown-up Peter Pan doing what job in San Francisco? Oh, and I, this was even one of the few things I read this morning, and I still forgot yep. it. Um, exactly. <laughs> this is terrible. Uh, is he a uh, I don't know doctor? It's a lawyer. Lawyer. It's, uh, the, the other job that is in films. Um, yes. Schindler's List was nominated for twelve Oscars. How many did it win? Uh it's five, wasn't it? Seven. Ah, oh, dang it. Dang it. Um, so, what is the army stat? Uh, is it a peace agreement? <laughs> no. What's it, so, what's it no, so he, he has a film called army stat. I'm familiar, right? yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not familiar. I, I know the title. I, I'm, saying, uh, I, I'm saying it's a peace agreement. I'm wrong. Oh, okay. No, no, no. It's a slave ship. Okay. Uh, which US president did Anthony Hopkins play in Amistad? <sighs> quite a long time ago yeah it's not Barack uh, Obama it's <laughs> no 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 it's quite it's quite a while back I'm gonna guess uh, if you're guessing I, I think you might not get it um, yeah probably not <laughs> uh, go on, go on. Uh, tell me where it is John Quincy Adams okay no I wouldn't know <laughs> uh, question three from me is acclaimed violinist Isaac Perlman is well known for playing the solo in which of the Spielberg films ooh uh, I'm going to say Jurassic Park. No, it's Schindler's List. Okay. The sad solo, yeah. Um, what are Captain Miller's last words in Saving Private Ryan? Captain Miller is the Tom Hanks character. Oh. Uh, you have to earn it. Yeah, I'll give oh. you that. Um, it's yeah. James, earn this, earn it. But that's close yeah. enough. Question four from me is, which actor in Jurassic Park reprised their role in the 2015 Jurassic World? Oh, oh, oh Henry is the character... Um. Oh, if I'm going to guess a name, it's going to sound really racist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's something like <laughs> Henry Wong. It's BD Wong. BD Wong. Ah. Oh. oh well. Um, which means I think you've already won. But see if you can get the fifth one. Uh, where, where is the new theme park planned to be built in the Lost World? Um. In the Lost World. So in the Lost World. Oh, that was uh, they they carried the ship the the dinosaur back. Yeah, they're going to, to be San Francisco, right? Oh, so close, San Diego. Ah, oh, dang it! Uh, my last question is, how many Academy Awards did they win in total? Of oh, these films combined. Yes. Oof. Okay. Well, uh, I already know there's seven sins list, so that sent me sent me a baseline. Um, yep. I'm gonna say, uh, five, five, I'm gonna say fourteen. So close, Colin. Oh. It's 15. Oh. Three from Jurassic Park and five from Saving Private Ryan. I knew it was five from Saving Private Ryan. Um, mm. So I thought maybe another, another couple. Yeah. Well, good work. Uh, a 2-0 a victory. Um, what are we <laughs> uh, quizzing on next time? Uh, because Tully is out in cinemas starring Charlize Theron. Oh, yes. Um, I was thinking let's do Diablo Cody films. Nice. The right, this film she wrote, she screenwrites. Yes. Uh, and what's our main topic for next time? Uh, we are listing the DCEU films. And I found not just the DCEU. Uh, oh yeah, that's true. Pretty much most of most the DC, DC films. Listing most DC films. Maybe even ranking if you're if you're lucky. We're and definitely ranking. And I've watched Green Lantern now, so. <laughs> Great. Cool. We'll see you then. Bye.